If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. It is really hard to be creative if you do not have safety and security from a financial standpoint. It's impossible to think I'm just going to experiment or try this new idea or spend time learning this new thing. If you are in a place where you are just focused on making ends meet. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Today, we're diving into a topic that many of us can relate to, which is managing inconsistent income. If the fear of not having a consistent paycheck has held you back or made you nervous to make the leap, or if you've navigated the tumultuous waters as an entrepreneur or a side hustler and recognize that there are different seasons when it comes to your finances, you are not alone. Whether you're a freelancer, a creative professional, a small business owner, or a side hustler with big dreams, we all face this reality at some point. And more often than not, we face this reality on a year-by-year basis. But worry not, today we're going to dive into some practical tips and strategies to help you navigate the waters of inconsistent income while also keeping your sanity intact. Let's real quick take a moment to acknowledge the emotional roller coaster that entrepreneurship can be. One day you're popping champagne and celebrating a record breaking month, and the next you find yourself rationing ramen noodles while waiting for your next big break. It is enough to make anyone's head spin. But here's the thing I firmly believe that with the right mindset, a dash of resourcefulness, and a sprinkle of financial wizardry, we can tame this wild beast called inconsistent income. So grab your favorite beverage, find a cozy spot to kick back, and let's dive on into some actionable tips that will help you build resilience, maintain stability, and keep your creative spirit thriving even in the face of uncertainty. Let's do this. 
Recently, my team went down to a four-day work week, so we can spend more time in the sun and less time in front of screens. In order for us to be able to do that, we have to work smarter and not harder. That's why we're so excited about HubSpot's integrated AI tech. It's helping teams like ours automate the more tedious parts of running a business like doing research, summarizing information, writing copy, and more. Recent research shows that marketers are already slicing time spent on admin tasks in half thanks to AI from five hours to two and a half hours per day. Just imagine with all that extra time, you could be joining us with a four-day work week too. Start saving time in your business with the help of the AI-powered tools built right into HubSpot CRM. Learn more and get started today at HubSpot.com. This episode is sponsored by Buy Optimizers. They have so many incredible products to optimize your digestion, brain, and gut health. But my favorite is Magnesium Breakthrough, which contains all seven forms of magnesium designed to help calm your mind and stay asleep. Get yours today for 10% off at megbreakthrough.com slash golddigger. Let me first just say, I know just as well as you do that inconsistent income is one of the scariest parts of being an entrepreneur. Before I left my steady paycheck and my 401k and my corporate gig behind and started working from home to be a full-time wedding photographer, I spent months preparing my budget so that I could ensure that every single bill was paid on time, even without having a steady and dependable paycheck. I wanted to first give you kind of a peek into what my own process looked like over a decade ago when I initially made that leap out of the corporate world and into full-time entrepreneurship and kind of share the lens that I'm going to be giving this advice from because now hindsight is 2020 and I feel like I have been able to pivot and navigate inconsistent income so well over the last decade that I have a few really key takeaways, but I think context is key here. So first, let me share this. When I first made the decision that the corporate job was no longer for me and I wanted to figure out a different way and I landed on wedding photography as that vehicle out of the nine to five, I gave myself an entire year to make that transition. I believe, and I've met both sides of the camps of this thought, that there are two types of people. They're the people who are the jump in the net will appear type people who are like, hey, I'm out. I want to figure this out. I'm just going to go for it. And then there are the people who, like me, want to have that safety and security before they make the leap. They are the people that are knitting their little net very patiently and thoughtfully before they make the leap. That was me. So that year of time where I was working my corporate job, working 50 plus hours a week, and then on nights and weekends working on starting and growing my business, that was a crazy year. You know, it's interesting because these days there is a lot of feelings and emotion around this idea of hustle culture. And while I do not subscribe to hustle culture, I do believe that hustle is required at different seasons of your entrepreneurial journey. The problem I have with hustle culture is when it doesn't end, when the hustle is just innate and you are always striving for more. But when I look at my own journey, there were absolute seasons where hustle was a requirement. It was your ticket for admission into the life that you wanted. And so when I look at that first year of working my corporate job, showing up, not groveling, doing my best in the office, and then going home and building my business behind the scenes, it was a busy year, but it was entirely worth it. 
I knew that if I could match my salary, I would have the confidence to hand in my two weeks notice, the confidence to tell my parents, hey, you know that job that I thought was my dream job? It's actually not. I would have the ability to float through an entire year and figure out what was next. And that gave me the confidence to finally submit my two weeks notice letter and leave that job behind. Now, I want to just give you one thing that was so life-changing for me before we dive into the nitty-gritty, because there is so much fear around entrepreneurship and making the leap or pivoting or changing your brand or changing your business model. And one thing that has been a tool for me that I have used time and time again is getting really honest about what is my worst fear here? In this scenario, my worst fear was is that I would leave behind a great job and a five-year plan and start a business and that business would fail. And so what I did even over a decade ago is I wrote down my worst fears and then I wrote down an action plan of what I would do if those worst fears came true. For me, in the instance of being afraid of my business failing, I wrote down I would update my resume. I would apply for new positions. I would reach out to contacts. All of a sudden, that fear wasn't as scary. I had knowledge and experience and resources and humans in my life that would support me if that happened. And that fear kind of lost its grip on me when I actually created an action plan. And so if you are someone who is really, truly afraid of diving into entrepreneurship because of the inconsistent income piece, I think it is a really powerful practice to write down exactly what your worst fears are and then write down what would you do if they happened to you. And the best part is, is that most of the time they don't happen to you. Now, while I'm talking about fear, I do have to say that the benefits outweigh the risks. When I look back over the last 12 years as an entrepreneur, Not a day goes by without me relishing in the fact that I get to make my own schedule, that I have freedom and flexibility, that my family gets to do life together, that my husband was able to retire and become a stay-at-home dad and be with our children all day, that I am in control of how much or how hard I work, that I have been able to pivot into different areas and different work over the last decade. There are so many benefits to this that to me personally outweigh the risks And so let's dive in and talk about how we can navigate the sometimes tumultuous waters of inconsistent income as an entrepreneur. If you are ready to take control of your finances and gain peace of mind and stay organized in the face of uncertainty, keep listening. So tip number one is this, create a budget. So before I graduated from college, I actually had to take a personal finance class. I wish that this course was a requirement for every human on planet Earth. Because inside of this course, I had to write down every single possible number. I had to be honest about how much was I going to earn? What taxes were taken out? What was I contributing to my 401k? What were my student loans? What was my monthly rent? What were my expenses? All of these things. I had to literally go through my bank statements and write down everything that I was anticipating spending money on, everything I had been spending money on, and account for every single penny. It's really funny because my mom recently retired and she had to hand back her work laptop. And she found the file of my personal budget that for some reason I decided to send her even though I was 22 years old. 
And she sent it to me. And I just was like really proud of that version of myself who was looking at life through this lens of, you know, earning $50,000 a year out of college, which was such a blessing and paying off my student loans as quickly as I could and funding a wedding and all of these different things that I had on my plate during that season of life. But it was really cool to see how I had thought through everything. I even had a budget for going to the movie theater, which is kind of laughable because I can't remember the last time I've been to a movie theater now as an adult. But I literally itemized every single thing. And so creating a budget can be a really great way to just get really open and honest and candid about your numbers, your expenses, where you're at, how much work you need to do in order to feel safe and secure. And so you want to first start with your essential expenses. So essential expenses include housing, utilities, food, gas, healthcare, debt, insurance, education. Let me tell you with every financial expert that we've had on this podcast, Every single one of them has talked about how people even just have a fear of like diving into the numbers. And I can tell you, there is so much freedom when you get really honest about where you're at financially. So starting with your essential expenses, these are just things that cost money that you are going to have to be able to pay for on a month to month basis. Now, on top of your essential expenses, you want to allocate funds for irregular expenses and emergencies. Irregular expenses include car maintenance, home repairs, medical expenses, vet bills. And then you can also think about things like gifts, celebrations, vacations, taxes, milestones, different things that are going to be in your life. This is important here because a lot of times what happens when we do a budget is we're just looking at our month to month, but we're not thinking outside of the box of where other expenses can crop up, whether your dog has to go to the emergency vet or you get a flat tire and all of a sudden you've got to replace all four of them. These are all things that have happened to me in my life. And so having some sort of fund set aside for irregular expenses and emergencies can be a game changer. Now, the next thing that I highly encourage you doing today, if you haven't done this already, is to create a separate business account for managing income and expenses. Trust me when I say this, you will thank yourself for doing this when tax time rolls around because it will be clear exactly what your business brought in as well as exactly what your business expenses were. So many times when we are starting our business or we're starting a side hustle, we mix everything together. And let me tell you, at tax time, you are going to be berating yourself because it is so frustrating. It is so unclear. You're not totally sure what your business did. You're not totally sure what the expenses were. I will never forget one year... I forgot to total up my mileage as a wedding photographer. And so I was literally going through my blog and remembering, okay, this person's wedding was at the Milwaukee Art Museum. That was 60 miles from my house, 60 times 2, 120. Calculating mileage like that. like I was so mad at myself where I'm like, there are easier ways to do this. And so having a separate bank account is something that takes maybe an hour to set up, but is something that will save you so much time. And it will give you the insight and data that you need to run your business with confidence. This is like a CEO move. Even if you don't feel like a CEO yet, go make a separate business bank account today and start having that as your landing pad for all things business. Another thing when it comes to budgeting is there are so many tools and apps to simplify your tracking. So like I said, when I was tracking my mileage, guess what? There is an app for that. Now, there are so many different resources that can help you track everything as a small business owner. Even if it might feel insignificant, it is so important to track everything because this is going to give you that foundation to understand, is this business viable? 
Am I bringing in what I think I am? Is there opportunity to cut down on expenses? So here are some things that you should be tracking as an entrepreneur. Operational expenses. So looking at if you have an office, rent, or mortgage payments for your office, utilities, office supplies, software. We recently had to buy a new printer. That is a business expense. I am printing off things for my business. If you have employees, it is so important to track expenses related to their compensation, their benefits, salaries, training, anything that goes into anyone that is working for you. If you are advertising or doing any sort of marketing campaigns, having all of your ad expenses and ad costs, looking at things like business taxes, income taxes, sales taxes, payroll taxes, you get the point. There are so many different taxes. So again, having a separate account is so important. And then making sure that you are using the tools that might help simplify the tracking of all of the different expenses. There are so many different tool recommendations. We use QuickBooks in my own business, but there are other places that you can utilize to help you get started. There's an app called Capital, which is with a Q. I know my sister uses this one. It's a great app for budgeting and looking at things like your net worth. There is Rocketbook, Acorns, Every Dollar Good Budget. A very simple search will guide you to figure out what sort of app or resource or software can help support you when it comes to budgeting. But if you have not created a budget or you do not have awareness around how much money are you making, how much money are you spending, that is absolutely step one. Literally go to a Google search bar, type in how do I create a personal budget and you can also create a professional budget. This is something that I think is a really good place to start. Tip number two is so important. Diversifying your income. I recently saw this meme on Instagram where it was just saying, if you have only one revenue stream, you are far too close to having none. And I feel like that hit deep because so many incredible entrepreneurs that I know, they have a business that sells one thing, whether it's a product, a service, or an offer. And if something were to go wrong, like say a world pandemic, that could totally change their livelihood, impact their legacy, impact everything. And so it is so important that we start to think about how we can diversify our income. This is not going to be your first step as an entrepreneur, but I want for you to walk into your entrepreneurial journey with your eyes wide open, already thinking about other opportunities that you can utilize to have a more diversified income and more income sources. There was a really big wake-up call moment in my life and business where I found myself promising myself that I was going to figure out different ways to make money. I don't want to go too deep into this story, but I was about five years into my wedding photography journey. We had already experienced one pregnancy loss and I was experiencing my second pregnancy loss. And I got the news that our pregnancy was no longer viable. And the next day I had to go shoot a wedding. And I remember this just God awful feeling of like, my body is betraying me. I want to be in the fetal position. And yet I need to like show up and be incredibly happy and joyful for this incredible couple while my internal world is falling apart. And in that moment, it hit me that I had built this business that only made money when I was operating. If I didn't show up, I didn't get paid. And it really kind of hit me then that like, this isn't a business. This is a job. Like I've created a job for myself. And 
in that moment, I recognize this deep need to figure out different ways to do things, but also figure out ways to diversify my income, ways to make money while I could step away and have a human moment. Because in that moment, I felt so trapped by what I had built, which was an incredibly successful business. But I knew that I had to figure out a different way. You might have heard this statistic before, but the average millionaire has seven revenue streams. And when I learned that on top of my own personal experience of navigating pregnancy loss in the midst of a busy, busy work season, I wanted to figure out... I said, if the average millionaire is seven, I'm going to make eight because I am an overachiever at the core. According to TrilliumFinancial.com, as a goal, small business owners should try to diversify your business to the point that no single customer or offer is responsible for more than 15% of your revenue. That way, if something happens and you lose that customer or that product or offer, you have other things to fall back on. I will gander to bet that the vast majority of listeners do not have other opportunities that are earning them income. So let me first share ways that we've brought in income in the last decade and how I diversified from being just a wedding photographer. I tell this story in my book, How Are You Really?, about how I started watercolor painting as an aversion during a burned out season of my life. That turned into a print shop, which eventually ended up paying our mortgage. I also started taking on influencer work, so sponsored content on different platforms. I got really serious about affiliate income and leveraging selling other people's product services or offers in order to bring in additional revenue. I became an Airbnb owner and we have a few different properties that we now rent out. We have investments that are earning us money while we sleep and we are not managing them. I have podcast sponsorships. I have online courses. I've done one-on-one coaching. I've done a mastermind. I wrote a book. I am always trying to explore different ways that I can diversify my income. Not only does it give you more earning potential, but it also takes away the risk or feeling of uncertainty. And it also eliminates that feeling of feeling stuck, right? As a wedding photographer who's now trapped, I didn't have anywhere to turn. If I had diversified my revenue sources, I could have stepped away from that portion of my business and still had stability and security. So if you are someone who is listening to this and you're finding yourself not loving what you're currently doing and wanting to try something new or move in a new direction, my one piece of advice is this. Do not abandon what is currently working for you. If you have a way that you are bringing in money, income, revenue, do not abandon it. I think in this culture, we are so quick to be like, I changed my mind. I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. Use what is working for you figure out your bare minimum, what I call your enough point of what you need to earn to have that safety and stability. And then focus on freeing up your time in order to explore what's next. I have an entire chapter about this in my book. If you want to go to jennacutcher.com slash book, I talk about your enough point and the importance of that. But what happens here is if you're finding yourself where you're like, I can't imagine doing this five years from now, 10 years from now, I need to move in a new direction. Use what is currently working for you. Make sure you have your safety and stability covered with the income you're bringing in through that. But focus on freeing up your time because there is no way for you to explore what's new, what's next without having the time and energy to do that. And so focus on time being your currency so that you can start investing your precious time into whatever your next move is. 
You can't dig your biggest goals without a little hard work, which is why I bet you'll love listening to the Hustle Daily Show brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Hosted by Zachary Crockett, Jacob Cohen, Rob Litterst, and Juliet Bennett, the Hustle Daily Show brings you a healthy dose of irreverent, offbeat, and informative takes on business and tech news. With short 10 to 15 minute episodes released every day, you're bound to learn something new this week. From updates about meta and AI to how Domino's is flipping traditional pizza delivery on its head. Listen to the Hustle Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on what's going on in business and tech. Did you know that there is one phase of sleep that almost everyone fails to get enough of? And this one phase of sleep is responsible for most of your body's daily rejuvenation, repair, controlling hunger and weight loss hormones, boosting energy, and so much more. I'm talking about deep sleep. Why don't most people get enough of this one most important phase of sleep? A big reason is magnesium deficiency. Get this, over 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium. And magnesium increases GABA, which encourages relaxation on a cellular level, which is critical for sleep. This is why I recommend Buy Optimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough. It contains all seven forms of magnesium designed to help calm your mind and help you fall asleep stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Ever since I've been taking their supplements before bed, I have been sleeping so much better. Try it for yourself for 10% off at megbreakthrough.com slash gold digger. That's megbreakthrough.com slash gold digger to get magnesium breakthrough 10% off and a free gift with your purchase. megbreakthrough.com slash gold digger. So here are some tips around diversifying your income. So first, identify potential additional revenue streams within your niche. So maybe look around. Are there people who are currently doing what you do, whether it's selling a service, a product, or an offer that have expanded beyond just that one core offer? And identify if there are different areas that are kind of parallel to what you're currently doing that you could easily add on. Offer different services or products to attract a broader client base. So expand your offerings and what that can look like so that you are not limited to your own personal bandwidth. As a wedding photographer, I only wanted to serve up to 25 clients. That was pretty narrow. So what could I add on? I started selling different photography prints. I started selling my watercolor prints. That was a way wider reach and a totally different revenue stream. Explore partnerships and collaborations to expand your reach. Could you be an affiliate for a course you've taken and help that person sell their course and collect commissions? Could you share about your favorite food service or your favorite skincare product and get those referral rewards or bonuses? Leverage passive income opportunities such as digital products. So are there things that you've created for your own life or business that could be helpful for other people? I'm talking templates, checklists, ebooks, different workflows that you've created that you could sell. I started selling my photo editing presets. Again, a much broader audience to reach, a tool that I have already created for my own life and my own business, but something that I can sell many times over without a lot of work. Now, lastly, I dropped an episode earlier this year on 10 small business ideas you can do from home. So if you're like, I don't even know where to begin in diversifying my income, we have linked up that episode in the show notes and the show description 
or you can go to jennacutcherblog.com slash 10, the number one zero biz ideas. That's jennacutcherblog.com forward slash 10 biz ideas. That's a great episode that might just kind of get your wheels turning in terms of different ideas that you can get started with these ideas from home to help diversify your income. Tip number three is this, create an emergency fund. So we touched on this very lightly at the beginning when I talked about a personal budget. But one thing I've been thinking about so much lately is that we often talk about creativity and creativity being this linchpin of whether or not your next idea is going to be a success. But I have really come to learn and understand that it is really hard to be creative if you do not have safety and security from a financial standpoint. It's impossible to think, I'm just going to experiment or try this new idea or spend time learning this new thing if you are in a place where you are just focused on making ends meet. And so it is so important that you can figure out and try so hard to establish financial security so that you can unlock your creativity. And let me just recognize real quick that there is so much privilege in this part of the conversation. Because for so many people, they have only ever known and been able to operate out of a place of scarcity, right? Where they are so focused on just making it to tomorrow or just avoiding their rent. And for those people, I understand it is nearly impossible to approach life with this sense of creativity or experimentation, or let's just give it a try and see what happens. That's not feasible for a lot of people. And so that's why I think this tip of creating an emergency fund that provides safety and security for you, even if you are contributing just a little bit at a time, can truly help you get to a place where you can unlock creativity and be more willing to try different things. We recently had a phone call with our financial advisor and he asked us this question and he said, what is the safety net that you need in order to feel peace? And I personally loved that question because he recognized and we recognize that number looks different for all of us, especially at different stages of your life. Financial peace looks different person to person. And a lot of times we don't ask ourselves, what is that number? What is that magic number that will bring us peace when it comes to what we want to have in our savings? I will never forget the first time that I met Drew's parents. I'd gone to his house. We were in college. I drove my college car to his house and I woke up the next day and I had a flat tire. And his dad had told me, he's like, Hey, Jenna, I am going to bring your car over to Stan, our mechanic, and see if he can fix your tire. And he got over there and he gave me a call and he's like, it looks like you need four new tires. And I literally just burst out bawling because I had $53 in my bank account at the time. I did not have any sort of emergency fund. I was a poor college student paying my way through college. I was working jobs while in college. I was doing the very best I could. And I have recognized that when you don't have that emergency fund, it is the most helpless feeling on planet Earth. Drew's parents ended up paying for my tires and I ended up paying them back the next month. But it was one of those moments of like, I felt so much like shame. And I just like felt so embarrassed, even though I shouldn't have. It was life circumstances. It was that situation. But I recognize that a lot of times when we have these entrepreneurial conversations and we talk about things like creativity depending on where you're at with your finances, it can really impact what creativity can even look like for you. So how do you create an emergency fund? So first, you want to set a financial goal for an emergency fund that builds you a cushion that provides you peace. You know how we talked about essential expenses before? 
the general rule of thumb is that your emergency fund should contain six months of essential expenses. That's a lot, right? Like that is not something that happens overnight. That is something you have to be diligent in and focused on if this is something that's important to you. So if you were to go through your bank accounts for the last month and figure out how much you spent on those essentials, mortgage, rent, utilities, groceries, education, insurance, and debt payments, and have that number be your monthly essential cost, multiply it by six, if that is a cushion that feels safe for you, that is how much you should ideally have in your emergency fund. Now, this is going to look different for everyone, right? Maybe it's having one month of coverage. Maybe it's having three months. Maybe it's having a whole year. Again, this is something that only you can define. But it's so important here that we get this target goal. I was recently at dinner with some of our best friends and she was telling me about how her company just did a massive round of layoffs. And she's like, it's just so crazy to me that like these people showed up to work on Monday and they went to log into their email and they had lost access and they were let go. That's a really good example of like how uncertain life can be, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working that nine to five. And so having some sort of emergency account that you know is going to float you for a little bit while you figure out what's next can help you approach life from a totally different state. Next, once you have that goal number, determine a realistic time frame for you to achieve that goal. Again, there are so many different budgeting apps that can help you with this. They can help you decide how much money per week or month do you want to set aside? Can you set aside to help you get closer to that emergency fund? And one thing I will say is I would again tell you to have a separate account where that money goes, where you're not touching it. It's not just sitting in your bank account because I know for a lot of us, when we have that money just sitting there and accessible, even if it is set aside for a specific purpose, it is more likely to get spent than if you have it in a separate account that is harder to access and not as visible for you. Finally, when we're talking about emergency funds, discuss effective saving strategies such as automated transfers or percentage-based savings. I personally love automatic transfers, so I don't even have to think about it. I remember my parents like drilling it into my head of like 401ks where they're like, have it automatically taken out. If you don't see it, you don't miss it. And I think there is so much truth to that. So if you typically pay yourself on a certain day of the month, consider having an automatic transfer go into your emergency fund account on that same day too. So again, you never see that money. There's so much peace of mind and stability that an emergency fund can provide. And so if this is not something that you have, I highly encourage it. As entrepreneurs, there are high highs and there are low lows. And so having that sort of cushion can allow you to have more confidence and more creativity. Tip number four is cultivate client relationships for consistent work. So when I was a wedding photographer, a very strong percentage of my clients were actually referrals. There were families where I literally photographed all of the kids' weddings. So many weddings where my brides had been bridesmaids in a wedding that I had photographed before. Referrals were the greatest fuel for my business and they helped me save money on things like advertising. Did you know that the cost of acquiring a new customer is 5 to 25 times more expensive than the cost of keeping a current one? This statistic highlights the value of customer retention and the importance of focusing on maintaining a strong relationship with your current customers. So what does this look like? You want to nurture existing client relationships for repeat business. Maybe you're thinking, Jenna, how did this look for you? You are a wedding photographer. That is a pretty one and done type gig. No, it's not. I ended up photographing people's families as they grew. I ended up doing anniversary photo shoots. I did family photo shoots. So I kind of expanded and stuck with some of my clients long after their wedding day. 
There is also this huge focus when it comes to nurturing client relationships of focusing on the experience. The experience is something that only you can offer, right? There are probably a million people who do what you do, who sell what you sell, who can complete the same service. There were a million other wedding photographers. But the one thing that I could give that other people couldn't was an experience provided by me. And so this is where it's so important that you are constantly giving an experience. And I love to highlight the fact it is important to underpromise and overdeliver every step of the way so that your clients don't just leave happy and satisfied. They leave raving fans. You also want to think about how can I ask for more referrals? So if you find yourself serving your dream clients and you're like, this is it, this is why I became an entrepreneur. Ask yourself, how can I get more referrals? What does that look like? Maybe you develop a referral or an affiliate program. Maybe you send out intentional thank you gifts or notes that maybe they'll post about or share about. Maybe you leverage social proof on your website and socials. According to the study conducted by Bright Local in 2019, 91% of 18 to 34-year-olds trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. So leveraging different ways that you can give out recommendations that aren't just coming from you. There's this other study by Spiegel Research Center found that displaying reviews can increase conversion rates by up to 270%. So this is why it is so important you deliver an exceptional experience, one that people will be excited to share about and talk about. You want to stay connected with past clients and customers. My favorite method of doing this is through email marketing, having them be on an email list where you're just sending maybe a monthly update, giving them insight, reminding them, hey, remember that awesome experience you had with me? Letting them know you're still there. You're still showing up and serving them. That is one of my favorite things. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs, 
We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And the last thing I would say is if you are someone who you're like, okay, I need to get referrals or I need to get testimonials. Just ask. Like if you have provided a great experience for your customer, chances are they're going to want to tell their friends. Maybe they just need an invitation from you. Maybe they need a little prodding. In the show notes of this episode, I've provided an email template for you to use when asking your customers for referrals. Just head to jennacutcherblog.com forward slash inconsistent income, or click the link in the episode description from wherever you're listening. I created a little email template that we use to ask for testimonials and referrals and to ask people to share about their experience so that we can use their words and not ours. It's an amazing, amazing way to share what you do and how you do it. Okay. Finally, tip number five is stay organized and track your finances. Every type of business is going to have different cycles and trends. For example, when I was a wedding photographer, I was the most busy between May and October. Winter was considered my very slow season. Meanwhile, many boutiques or retail stores explode around the holidays and get slow in the J months, January, July, June. Depending on your industry, you probably know when you have the most business and when business tends to be a little bit slower. The more that you're aware of and can plan for these trends, the better you can navigate both the busy and the slow seasons of your business. So for me, I was busy shooting six months out of the year and the other six months were really slow. But because I could anticipate this and plan for it, I didn't panic during the slow season. In fact, I really enjoyed the slow season. A lot of times, if we're not anticipating those slow seasons, we can absolutely panic. So if your industry or work is more cyclical, focus on using the high seasons to help cushion the slow ones. Become incredibly aware of what those trends look like for you. One thing that I did really early on to help navigate these trends was I put myself on payroll. 
I only paid myself up to my enough point, which we talked about, which was my corporate salary for years and years and years. Even as my business expanded beyond six figures, I was still paying myself a salary of fifty to $55,000 a year for years because I knew I was comfortable there. I could pay all of my expenses. I could also pay off my student loans. That was a comfort place And that allowed us to save up money to eventually pay off our mortgage before we turn 30 and do different things like that. And so I loved putting myself on payroll because then in the slow seasons, I was earning as much as those busy seasons. And it gave me that ability to slow down and rest during the slow seasons without panicking. I also commend myself because 12 years ago, before I had made a single dollar as an entrepreneur, I walked into a local accountant in the village of Wisconsin that we were living in with 1,200 people. And I said, I need help. I'm thinking about starting a business. I have no idea what it's going to look like, but I want to make sure I'm setting it up correctly from the very beginning. Having an accountant and a bookkeeper helped me so much because even though it was an expense, it allowed me to really see month by month, here's what my profit is. Here's what my loss is. And I now had a respected advisor who was paying attention to the money in and the money out of the business and also knowledgeable in different things that could impact us during tax time. And so yes, it was an expense, but it gave me the confidence and clarity to know I'm setting this up right from the very beginning. This is going to benefit me in the long run. I have loved our accountant and it has made all of the difference in the world. Another thing that is so important when it comes to staying organized and tracking your finances is implementing effective invoicing and payment tracking systems. If you are not tracking your expenses or systems to stay organized, you are likely leaving money on the table. So many expenses are tax write-offs, but you can only get the money back if you track and categorize and disclose these exact business expenses. If you don't have accurate records, that means that you are likely leaving hard-earned cash on the table or you're sending in cash that you shouldn't be to pay your taxes. I will never forget. In fact, I still have them to this day where when I had paper files and invoices, I would literally mail things via the US Postal Service to my clients. They would send me checks in the mail. And I was just trying to keep track of my calendar and plan and figure out who had sent what. I had this little like tracking sheet where it would say like, this person has booked, this person has sent in their retainer, this person has sent in their contract. And it was so funny. I will never forget when I signed up for this amazing service called HoneyBook, I signed up for it at midnight on New Year's Eve one year because I wanted to have that expense in that calendar year. And HoneyBook has been the way that we send out contracts. We keep track of everything, invoices. We keep track of where every client is. We still use it to this very day. All of our contracts are on there from podcast agreements to sponsorship requests. Everything is still on HoneyBook. And it has been a software that has followed me through all of the transitions of my own career. If you want to see how we use it and save money by joining, you can go to jennacutcher.com slash honeybook. That's jennacutcher.com slash honeybook. I show you exactly how we use it and why we love it. You want to make sure that you are utilizing project management and time tracking tools so that you have all of the insight and data, not only month by month as a business owner, but also when it comes to tax time. And again, If you are able to seek professional advice from an accountant or a financial advisor, it will likely save you money in the long term. 
They can help you track and manage and balance your portfolio. They can also look at helpful advice on lots of different financial issues and decisions that you are going to have to make as an entrepreneur. Again, it is an expense, but I believe it is one that is worth every penny to ensure that everything is set up right from the very beginning and to save you a ton of time and frustration. I hope that this episode helped you to see that inconsistent income is not impossible to manage. With the right mindset, strategies, and support, you can build a resilient and prosperous business that withstands the ebbs and the flows of your finances. Remember, your dreams are worth pursuing. And with the right financial management skills, you have the power to create a life that you absolutely love. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.